Howdy, listeners. We're Allison. And I'm Karen. And we love growing CPG brands. We're the founders of a digital and social media marketing agency, Umai Marketing, and creators of the Consumer Goods Growth Course, where we've helped grow dozens of brands to six and seven figures. We're former in-house marketers turned consumer goods marketing educators who set off on a mission to provide CPG founders and marketers with actionable strategies that drive community and sales. We're talking real results. If you're wanting to learn simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies needed to drive real brand growth without breaking the bank or sacrificing your social life, then this is the podcast for you. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to the Umai Social Circle, where we talk consumer goods tips to help business owners and marketers grow. We're Karen and Allison, co-founders of Umai Marketing, and we're being joined by Andy Janitis, founder and chief strategist of PPC Pitbulls, where he works with passionate product people to build authentic customer relationships and more sales online. Thanks for joining us, Andy. How are you? We're doing great. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming. Um, we had the opportunity of being on Andy's podcast, and it was so much fun that we had to have him join us and meet all of you. So thanks again, Andy, for joining us. Well, we'd love to start by just learning a little bit more about you. So if you could share your background on how you came to be the founder of PPC Pitbulls. Definitely. Um, So I started off kind of more on in the digital space, but um, a little bit outside of the marketing world, more as a software developer and product engineer um, for a number of years. And then Kind of 2020, right before the pandemic, I had, had been known that I wanted to start my own business. And after years of kind of working in the agency space and specifically working with, um, you know, a lot of larger companies, a lot of kind of corporate entities, uh, both government and non-government, um, really knew that I, I kind of wanted to go a different route and work with some of the smaller businesses that I had touched with in my career, but um, hadn't gotten a whole lot of time with. So. Um, that's exactly what I did. I, I worked with a colleague at the time and we both, uh, you know, we tried a few different things out and ultimately settled in on, um, you know, Google ads, a, a kind of Google ads niche agency focused in the, the e-commerce space. Um, really just found after having worked with a couple different types of businesses that we really, really enjoyed, um, serving, you know, the small business, passionate founder, um, you know, typically purpose-driven, who has a, a product that they're really, really passionate about. And um, yeah, it's just been been kind of a, a great journey since then. We uh, didn't know at the time that the pandemic was right about to hit. And I also had my uh, son, my first son, right about the same time. So it was kind of a crazy couple of years there. But um, but yeah, now we're just kind of getting settled in and and uh, yeah, finding, uh, finding our stride in the e-commerce marketing world here. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wish we all knew about the pandemic hitting <laughs> a lot of us would have made a lot of different choices. Right. Um, but yeah, I want to, uh, ask you more about why you like the smaller brands. Is it because the founders are involved or tell us what? Yeah, I think, I mean, in the, the short answer is it's just a little bit more fun. Um, we always, when we, we started out, we said that we always wanted to make sure that we had this, uh, you know, kind of have a beer rule. So like, don't want to be working with anybody that I wouldn't want to, you know, go and have a beer with and just hang out with for a little while. Um, you know, but I, I think kind of a more technical answer, it's, it's always great to, you know, work with somebody who has the passion. So from a marketing perspective, it's great that, hey, when we need to start pulling out, you know, why is your product special? What it is that we need to, 
you know, use to develop a relationship with the customer and let them know what's so great about this product. It's great when there's an easy answer there, when somebody, you know, is, is quick to tell you, hey, this is really, this is my story and this is why I, you know, put blood, sweat and tears into this product. Um, and then on top of that, it's nice just working with these businesses that, you know, people can make decisions. You know, I had a, a background working in kind of some more corporate areas where it was, hey, we can come up with the best idea in the world, but it's got to go through seven layers of hierarchy and approval and all these different things. So yeah, it's just really refreshing. And, and we love working with, you know, founders where we can bring a, a, an interesting concept to the table and they can, you know, execute on it and we can, you know, find some impact right away. I mean, I completely agree um, with, you know, everything that you just said, working one-on-one with founders is, is, is so nice. Um, not only because they're able to really guide you in their mission, but because of the decision making, uh, especially, you know, if you're in the paid media space, there's been a lot of huge changes over the past two years and you have to pivot super quickly. And I, I can't imagine working um, for a super large corporation where you can't just make those quick pivots. So that's uh, that's uh, cool to hear. Definitely. And I'm sure it's probably very similar with the types of clients you serve as well, that it helps to have, you know, a little bit of a, a mission focus, I feel like, where, you know, it's it's uh, easy or, or not easy, but certainly there's there's a playbook out there for succeeding in Google ads or Facebook ads for some of these massive conglomerates with like giant budgets where it's just kind of a whole different goal set. But it's really cool to kind of work with, you know, some of these mom and pop shops or smaller founders where it's, you know, you're you're helping them to succeed and you know, helping them to kind of compete with the big guys. And on that note, uh, we have a lot of people that come to us and they're like, okay, what marketing levers should we be pulling? When, why, how? So from your perspective, how do these brands know when Google ads will start working for them? Like when should they start? So we look at a couple of, of key components and a, a lot of this is probably similar to, you know, both components from your your core three program. And I, I love that that concept of like, hey, it's a, a simple group of, of levers that you can pull right off the bat. I think what we look at are one, you know, do you have a website set up? Are you are you selling your products on a site that's ready to 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 drive conversions? You know, people hit the site, you know, do they actually do, do, do they actually get through the checkout process without a lot of friction? You know, some of the real basic stuff that um, you'd actually be surprised how often isn't set up or, or you all probably aren't that surprised. I'm sure things like, like having, um, you know, good, solid automated email flows set up, making sure that you're, you know, getting the most out of each individual customer relationship and, and the ability to build that ongoing relationship. And then as we kind of go beyond that, make sure that we're measuring, um, when people hit the website and measuring customer behavior. So we understand that, Hey, if a purchase came through, where did that come from? You know, it's 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 amazing. We a lot of our work is kind of running initial audits where we sit down and kind of look through, you know, all of the marketing efforts that that you know our clients or, or prospective clients are doing. And one of the first questions we'll always say is, okay, well, you know, what what channel is your most successful right now? Where are most of your purchases coming from? Um, and oftentimes people don't necessarily have an answer to that. So I think that's one of those first things where you've got to be, you know, measuring what's happening on your website understanding where purchases are coming through and, and having some purchases too. I always, uh, uh, you know, kind of tell people not to let Google ads or, or probably similar with Facebook ads, you know, just kind of be your first purchase that comes through the door. You just stood up a Shopify site and like, let's just turn on a bunch of spend and see what happens. 
um, you know, it always makes sense to whatever it takes to go ahead and get some some purchases coming through first to kind of test that it, all those things are set up, that everything's working properly. So those are some of the, the main components that we want to have in place. And I'd say maybe more from a technical perspective, a lot of that is, you know, getting everything set up. The big thing to kind of underlie all that too is understanding what your goals are or having a goal, right? So, you know, don't just listen to a podcast and say, hey, you know, Google ads is great. It sounds, sounds like we can make some money there. Let's go ahead and turn it on. Let's, you know, start spending some money. It's really important to understand, you know, if you're running uh, ads today or if you're, you know, doing other work, you know, organic work, email work, what is it about Google ads that's going to be different from that? Um, and how can that add to those to those channels and, and help to work alongside them? You know, why would you use one channel over the other? You know, kind of understanding a lot of those different nuanced takes and not just, hey, let's turn flip the switch and and look for look for profits. I think that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. Like everyone wants to be omni-channel, but there's definitely a, a time and a place. And and I like that you're asking, you know, brands to understand and realize their goals uh, before they just, and also their time and their commitment before they they do something like that themselves. Um, but I want to kind of take it back to what you're saying about um, certain like web and KPIs that you look for before you start, you know, running PPC for brands. And we're the exact same. We won't work with a brand with um, paid media, paid social, if they don't have a converting website. Because what's the point? You're just, you know, throwing money at a wall and seeing if it sticks and it, it likely won't. It's a it's a lose-lose for everyone. So curious when you, you know, are talking to, to brands that are looking to use your services if you have any like thresholds or numbers, like conversion rates that you um, expect a brand to have before they should start running uh, Google ads? I'd say it's probably a little bit less about, you know, an exact number. We can definitely look, you know, kind of industry by industry, look at different benchmarks. Um, you know, typically if we're in like the two to three to 5% conversion rate, depending on what type of products you're selling, what your average order values are, um, that's great. You know, we can always uh, kind of look at where you need to be in there. Um, but I think probably more important is just looking at kind of some of the lower hanging fruits, right? So we're not necessarily the agency that's going to come in and do a full conversion rate optimization. We're going to redesign your whole site and, you know, figure out all the, you know, nuanced places where you could be, you know, dropping a, a half a percent or a quarter of a percent here or there. But there are some basic things that, you know, we kind of know and we we always talk about them in terms of low hanging fruit. So things like, you know, make it very easy for somebody to make a purchase. It'd be great if nobody has to create an, uh, an account before they have to um, go through your checkout process. That's something we see a, a lot of times. So something as simple as that could be, you know, a very simple way to increase your conversion rate. You know, same thing with if you have, especially in some of the you know, kind of purpose-driven products that we we like to work with, you know, there's some education involved, right? You know, why is this, you know, snack food going to cost me probably double what I could get at the grocery store because it's, you know, organic and it's better for you. And there's a million different reasons why, but that doesn't necessarily shine just in the picture of the product. So making sure that your website has all of that information and, you know, the same way that, you would help a customer who comes into your store if you were trying to sell them in person. Think of your website as the same thing, right? So how are we kind of getting somebody from walking in the front door, pulling up your website for the first time, 
to take all the education um, that they need and ultimately getting all the way down to the bottom and and being comfortable making a purchase and being able to do that um, without a whole lot of friction. Yeah, I mean, it. we kind of try and make it as simple as possible saying, hey, um, until you're making X number of dollars a month in e-commerce revenue, then we're not, we, you can't start paid social with us. But I like how you are kind of saying, hey, if you have consistent sales, organic sales, if you are set up for success for your customers to go through the customer journey, your email automations, all of that's up and running, you have these goals set out, then you could absolutely start. So um, what is your opinion on a good starting budget for these smaller brands? Definitely. It's like one of the first questions we always get. And, you know, the, uh, of course, the the very, you know, probably not not great to hear kind of answer is, is going to be, it depends. But the the real factors that we we look for, you got to make sure because we're really going to pitch automated techniques and everything is, you know, really leaning into uh, Google ads, automation and machine learning algorithms. So we need to make sure that we're feeding enough data back into that. And what that means is making sure that we're getting enough purchases. Um, so typically we're looking for at least 30 to 50, a, a big enough budget that our Google ads can drive 30 to 50 purchases per per month. Um, that can be a, a kind of a good starting point to, to bring back. And you can go through some calculations. Um, it can get a little bit uh, a, a little bit more complex if you're going to run multiple campaigns and different things. But ultimately, and depending on what your your goals are in terms of ROAS, but the way we really like to think about that is is hey, you know, if we're going to look for thirty to fifty purchases, um, just for you know ease of calculation, say your average order value is a hundred dollars. So if you want fifty purchases at a hundred dollars, you're looking at a revenue of what's that come out to five thousand dollars. So if we're looking for a starting ROAS, oftentimes that's maybe a 2X to a 3X ROAS. Um, so that can bring you back to your to your starting budget. So you're looking for, we want to generate about $5,000 in revenue. Maybe we have a 2X ROAS as our, our initial starting target. That's going to say that, hey, your, your initial investment there should be about um, $2,500 uh, uh, $2, in that first month. I would say, you know, depending on where people are coming from and, and where their targets are, that's kind of how I would calculate it if I'm working with somebody and kind of understand all the different nuances. If somebody's listening to this podcast and they say, hey, what is the minimum? Where where can I start? Typically, I'll just throw out like if you start around $1,500 to $2,000 a month in ad spend, that'll be enough to like start to get an idea if things are going to work or not and, and whether or not you're going to be able to pull some purchases um, out. I wouldn't start much lower than that. Um, and certainly, you know, for larger brands that are really looking to kind of get into it and really make a push, you're probably going to be starting a little bit higher than that. Um, but that's that's about where I would start. That is uh, budget is probably the I mean, like you said, it's the biggest question you get asked. It's it's the same for us as well. Um, but I love how you just broke it down, like, you know, goal, AOV, that's how you figure it out. My question is, so people who are brands who do have, you know, um, who maybe are DIYing and have $1,500 to $2,000 a month to spend on their own, what are some top tips? What should they start with first in terms of like keyword shopping, all of that? Definitely. So the, the beauty of Google Ads um, today with a lot of the different automated approaches is it's gotten a lot simpler to to run certain things. Now, it's important to understand the strategy and understand what you're doing. So I do kind of uh, caution people if if you've never you know 
if you're very familiar with, say, Facebook ads and you've you've been doing different types of marketing approaches and you want to dip your toes into Google ads, then then go for it. That might be uh, an option. But if you've never run any ads and you kind of don't understand, you know, what the basics of the ad platform are, you probably want to get some help or or at least read through some good trainings and and figure out, you know, kind of what you need to be doing before you kind of jump in and spend a lot of money because that that is, you know, can be a, a big portion of your spend. Um, but as far as kind of for simplicity, you know, so once you've gone through those those phases and you, and you kind of understand what's happening and you you know what your goals are, um, you're all set up. I think the the first thing is making sure that you're getting me- getting a good measurement signal. So making sure that your website is set up. Shopify luckily makes this really easy. There's a couple apps. The Google Channel app is a, a super simple way just to you know get your Shopify site to report conversions over to your Google Ads um, campaign. We're going to want to focus on shopping campaigns. So that's, you know, when you search for something on Google, that top little carousel there with the individual product images you can click through to. In order to do that, you need to feed your your product data, your images, your headlines, descriptions, all of that from your website into the Google ecosystem that goes over to Merchant Center. Um, So getting some of those basic kind of um, piping things set up is definitely the first step. Make sure that you're tracking conversions and you have all your product data fed to Merchant Center. And then from there, it's, it's always kind of start simple. What we like to do is run performance max, which is Google ads, you know, main campaign type that's going to run um, both those shopping carousel ads as well as um, as well as uh, search ads. So that's just in the standard headlines and descriptions um, that you see in your in your search feed. Um, and then we typically will also run what's called branded search. Um, and that can be great for a lot of brands where especially once you start to reach some level of popularity where somebody may be bidding against your your search terms, um, that will help. It's kind of a defensive play where uh, we're making sure that when a customer is coming, they're searching for your particular product, they're going to find their way right to your website. They're not going to end up you know, on one of your competitors' sites who's selling either a similar uh, product or oftentimes we even see you know, kind of resellers sometimes will be kind of undercutting the prices that you have on your own website and showing up in those in those search terms, yeah. um, and in that way, it can kind of uh, uh, you know turn back what you could be doing on on Google Ads. Yeah, I will say the most frustrating thing is when and we don't do um, Google Ads. That's where Andy comes in if you're ever needing them. But um, when you know you go to Google and you type in your your client's name and another brand is bidding on their their brand name, it's like. It's Definitely. so dirty, but it's so good, you know? Yeah. Well, it's funny. And then people will come and say, oh, well, perfect. So should I be doing the same thing against my competitors? Should I run search ads, you know, on my competitor's terms? And typically we don't even suggest to do that because it can get really expensive. The nice thing like is- a bid war. Yeah. <laughs> and the nice thing is like Google, if you're running for your actual campaign or your actual uh, brand name- Google is going to give you that search for a lot cheaper than your competitors are going to have to pay for the same search um, because the quality of of your match to the search query is actually taken into account. Um, so we always say like, that's a great reason why you should always run your own brand search campaigns because, you know, you're going to be able to defend your competitors and you're going to be able to do it pretty cheaply. It's only, a, you know, a couple cents a click because they're coming through to what's ultimately a really good match for the search intent that the customer was displaying. But on the opposite side of it, 
we always say, don't don't go out there and think that you're going to go ahead and you know bid on all your competitor terms um, because oftentimes you're going to be paying you know a lot more than your competitors are going to be paying for the those same terms. Um, and typically, it's not very easy to find profitability, especially as you're starting out and you have a smaller budget. Um, that's not the the best spend of your budget. That is a a great tip. I did not know that. So just to break it down for anyone who's not super familiar with what we're talking about or PPC. So if your brand name is, we'll say Umai Marketing, you can bid on the keyword Umai, Umai Marketing, you know, you can extend it as well. Um, so that's what Andy is talking about. So so bidding for when someone Googles Umai Marketing that you show up first. It's going to be an ad, a sponsored ad, but you show up first before anyone else. Is that right, Andy? Exactly. Yep. And it's a simple test to take. If you want to, you know, go to Google right now, type in your exact brand name and see if any competitors are bidding against it. Oftentimes you'll find that that they may be, you know, especially locally, if, if you have the type of product where, you know, it's a local chocolate company or something like that. And you start saying, you know, uh, your brand name, you might find some some company, uh, some competitors that are are bidding right against it. So once you have your ads running for a little while and you're getting some results and you're ready to optimize. What would be like some top tips on optimization? Like where would you start? Definitely. So I always look to simplify and really understand what it is we're trying to get done, right? So, you know, the first thing to do is to look at the campaigns you're running, look at the assets that you're running. Um, the nice thing in in Google, you can kind of go in and say, hey, Rather than say, this is exactly what I want my my ad to say, this is the exact headline, and this is the exact text that I want under that headline, you can say, hey, here's up to 15 headlines, and here's up to four descriptions that go under those. Um, and then Google will kind of mix and match those. So that's what we would call assets. Same way as you can provide um, a bunch of different images, a bunch of different videos, um, and all of those assets kind of get mixed and matched together. Um, so this is where you're going to want to understand, okay, well, what are my goals? What you know, what is my target ROAS? ROAS being return on ad spend or essentially the revenue that you're getting from your Google ads divided by the spend that you put in to get it. Um, so you want to look at your account and say, okay, starting at the campaign level um, or getting down to the ad group level or getting all the way down to the individual asset level, let me first look at areas where I'm not hitting my target. So this is why it's important to know your target. Um, but if I look at my my account and I'm running three campaigns and two of them are above my target and one of them is below my target, then perfect. Your easy optimization is to either fix whatever's going on with that bad campaign or to turn it off and really focus your budget into the two campaigns that are working. Um, or you may find that, hey, you know, that that brand search campaign is really driving, you know, a ton of traffic and we're getting a bunch of purchases out of that. But when I remove that from my results, I'm not really seeing good results elsewhere in the account. And that's where you may say, hey, if I just look at the account level, perfect. I'm hitting the goal that I set out for, but 90% of that traffic is people who are searching for my brand name to begin with. So I don't want to be spending that money on that. Um, but again, that's where you really just need to understand before you can get to that level, you need to understand what your goal is, what you're looking for, and then just start looking at the account, start at the campaign level and kind of drill down level by level um, until you you know start to see what's performing well, what isn't performing well, turn off what's what's not performing well and and you know kind of roll some additional budget into um, what is performing well and say obviously that's you know kind of broad and and probably a little bit general um, 
another big kind of technical point is to really lean into the automated strategies. So make sure that you're utilizing um, in Google ads, it's called uh, max conversion value or uh, target ROAS bidding strategy. Um, and what that's going to do is basically allow rather than say, hey, I want to bid exactly $3 per click. You're going to be telling Google, hey, Google, you can go out there and spend you know, as much or as little per click as you want, but here's my daily budget and here's what my target is. So go ahead and optimize based on what you know about the customer, what you know about my assets and and figure that out. Nice, making it kind of easy for us. We we love when <laughs> we love when that happens. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for these awesome tips. I we also did want to share that Andy is a part of our consumer goods growth course. Um, primarily to really dive into the social advertising aspect of it. So we'd love to just get your feedback on how you're enjoying the course and um, anything else you'd like to share there. Definitely. Yeah. So we've been uh, uh, in the growth course for a while now, and um, I found it really, really valuable. As Allison mentioned, we're really focused on Google ads, and that's kind of our bailiwick. We look at digital marketing much more broadly from a strategic standpoint, but as far as implementation goes, we don't do a ton of uh, Facebook ads. Um, so what we kind of use this as a course to make sure that we understood, um, you know, from a company-wide perspective, as much as we needed to know uh, about Facebook ads to really be able to guide our customers, you know, was that the right decision for them? Is that not the right decision? You know, to the extent that we we implement it, we typically would probably uh, you know work with some great partners like Umai to uh, to get that work done. Um, but but yeah, it's been been great to kind of as a training tool that we use internally to make sure that you know everyone on the team is up to speed and kind of understands the basics. I think what's been great about it is it goes really from this super high strategic. Uh, direction, you know, where, you know, what's your goal? What are you going to be doing? What are you trying to get done? And gets all the way down, you know, deep into the tactics of, hey, this is exactly how you set up your your Facebook uh, account and make sure that you're, uh, you know, running your Facebook and Instagram ads properly. So that's what we've really, uh, really enjoyed getting out of it. That is great to hear. And speaking of training, if you're a brand wanting to learn more about DIYing or training your marketing team on Google Ads, Andy is actually going to be hosting our next upcoming grad chat, which is our uh, video series. It's a, a training video series so that you can expand your marketing knowledge, continue to train your team on all marketing levers, all business levers. Um, it's for members who are inside of the growth course. So we're super excited about that. If you guys are interested in learning more or training your team on Google PPC, uh, feel free to DM us and we'll share with you how to get in. But yeah, excited about that, Andy. And uh, thank you so much for the time and all the value here. This is super awesome. Um, so let's close this out. And if you would like to leave the audience with um, how they can reach out to you, where they can find you, all that good stuff. So, yeah, thank you for giving me the opportunity there. Um, you can always find me on LinkedIn. Um, I'm always there posting content on a daily basis, um, usually tips and tricks around digital marketing broadly for e-commerce companies um, and specifically for Google Ads. Um, or come on over to ppcpitbulls.com. You can book a free strategy session. That's a 30-minute session with myself. Um, we'll kind of get to know you, get to know your unique business goals, um, and ultimately leave with, you know, see if there's a good fit for us to work together. And even if there isn't, you'll definitely leave with some good insights 
um, as to kind of the the best next step for you to take in your digital marketing journey. Awesome, Andy. That's so generous. A 30-minute strategy session. If y'all don't take him up on that, you're crazy. (laughs) Come on out. (laughs) Awesome, Andy. Well, thanks for your time. We can't wait to chat soon. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Umai Social Circle, y'all. We're here to support you in your CPG journey. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any new podcast episodes. And while you're at it, please leave us a review on your listening platform of choice. Shoot us a DM at Umai Marketing on Instagram if you have any topics you want us to cover on new podcast episodes. And don't forget to access our free masterclass where we're showing you how to create a solid marketing strategy. You can access that at umaimarketing.com slash masterclass. And we'll meet you back here for the next episode.